are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? I love the energy, Webb. I love it. I love the topic for today's show. We are breaking down the NFC West, the most exciting division in football. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Always ready, Coop. This division, I thought it was going to go one way. And there are some twists and turns that I did not see coming. Were you surprised by this division's breakdown at all? I want to say no, but to be honest, I've been thinking about this division probably since we've started this this whole breakdown, this division preview. Uh, so it's been in the back of my mind. And being a Rams fan um, and being objective at the same time, um, I wanted to really take into account everything that happened. But I do stand by what I said. I think this is the most competitive division in football. You are never objective, and that's what I respect most about you. Your blind homerism is a beautiful thing, and I appreciate that. Let's start with the 2020 records, okay? Something that I think is going to bother you because it will remind you of your failure. The Seattle Seahawks went 12-4 and to win the division. The LA Rams went 10-6 and and made the playoffs, where someone named Jared Goff did not start the game. Arizona came in third at 8-8. and and San Fran was in fourth at six and ten. San Fran was in the Super Bowl the year before, so this six and ten record surprised both of us. Were you shocked by how this division played out last season? Sorry, Coop. I laugh sometimes when I see your face. Um, <laughs> so the injury to Nick Bosa changed the landscape of this division. So that six and ten, I think, at San Francisco was a misleading six and ten. They still had Jimmy G, your boy, under center. So that was just a recipe for disaster. Um, The Rams probably surprised me with how how well they did, because on the pod, I was just clowning them and saying they were going to be trash and Jared Goff was the worst. But they they probably surprised me the most last year. I thought the Rams would be better last year. Uh, It was a huge failure for them. They were in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah, the Rams are just shocked up a failure as recently, I think. I think they're a terrible team. Sean McVay. Is he the most overrated coach in football? Possibly. We'll get to that soon, I think. Are the Rams fans the worst fans of football? 100%. There is nothing besides Aaron Donald I respect about this team. Eh. I think we'll start there. Yeah, let's leave it there, I think. It's fair. Two things to say to you. Number one ranked defense in the entire league last year went to the Rams. Two, you love Jalen Ramsey. So you respect more than just Aaron Donald. We'll get to Jalen Ramsey as well. I have some things to say about him. But we're going to start with Arizona. We do alphabetical order. We are consistent on this show. In 2020, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. I think the story of their offseason was just to get a little better so they could compete for the division. They didn't make any wild changes. Same coaching staff, same quarterback. They brought in some key guys, but I think it was kind of just, let's get a little better and hope we can compete. Did you have something else? I had J.J. Watt as the story of their offseason. I'm not saying he was the biggest signing, but the fact that he was... He left Houston and went to Arizona. I thought that was the biggest story for them. But, I, but you're not wrong that, that, w- that what you said was also a part of their story. Yeah, we're saying basically the same thing, I think. Just you and more specific. Because I, I agree. The key part of that was J.J. Watt, for sure. Their head coach is the same. Cliff Kingsbury with a K, which is weird. Offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury pulling double duty for some reason. Because he was a losing coach in college, and now he gets two jobs in the NFL. And the defensive coordinator is Vance Joseph, a guy too qualified to be Cliff Kingsbury's defensive coordinator. Do you like this coaching staff? Because I think it is an abomination. What say you, Webb? I like it offensively. As an entire coaching staff, I think uh, there's some things that remain to be seen. So I'm on the fence. I saw Cliff Lassie's and do some terrible things. I am off the fence. Uh... I don't know how you get fired in college at Texas Tech and then get rewarded with an NFL job. It blew my mind. He got the job. He has been at bad at the job and he keeps the job. So to be fair, though, he does have the best house in the NFL. That's a ridiculous draft house. So I'll give him credit for that. 100%. 100%. That house is forever etched in my mind. He's a legend for that house. He honestly is. <laughs> In the drafts, they went Zayvon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa in round one. 
In round two, they took one of my favorite players, Rondale Moore, a wide receiver from Purdue. And in round four, they took Marco Wilson, a cornerback from Florida, but he's playing safety for them. Rondale Moore, I liked. Uh, Zayvon Collins, I thought, got overdrafted, and it appears they were in on him no matter what. There's reports that Arizona wanted Zayvon Collins no matter who else was on the board. And I think teams always fail when they have that mindset. What did you think about their draft web? It was okay. I liked the Zayvon Collins pick. I thought the Rondale Moore pick was fine at least for Arizona. Uh, I thought there were some other areas they could have addressed instead of receiver. Uh, they took two uh, corners uh, in the draft later on in round four and round six. thought maybe they could have addressed that earlier, but thought it was an okay draft. They made a lot of splashes in free agency, so it kind of made up for it. That's fair. Let's get to their free agency. They signed defensive end J.J. Watt from Houston for two years, $28 million. A new kicker, Matt Prater from Detroit for two years, $6.5 million. Receiver, A.J. Green from Cincy for one year, $6 million. Super Bowl, should have been Super Bowl MVP, Malcolm Butler from Tennessee for one year, $3.2 million. And my favorite running back in the league, James Conner from Pittsburgh for one year, $1.75 million. I like these moves mostly. A.J. Green might be done, but if he's not, that's amazing. Same about Malcolm Butler. Same about J.J. Watt. Like, if these are high upside plays that could work out or could be a dumpster fire. What do you think about these? Well, I like the Malcolm Butler signing until I found out he retired two days ago. What? <laughs> yeah. That slipped past me too, Coop. Trust me. Uh, he just signed there. He just signed there. He's not on the roster anymore. He retired. He gave up $3 million. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I didn't see it either until yesterday. Wow, I had no yeah. idea. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, but, well, let's remove that from the... <laughs> All right. I, I, I think James Conner is okay, so I like that pick, is, uh, particularly because uh, their backfield is question mark. Um, J.J. Watt I liked a lot. I think A.J. Green, if he can play 13 games, is a huge addition to them. Um, I like what they did. They surprised me with their aggression. I agree. I think Malcolm Butler really completed this class. Now that he's gone, I think it's a fail. But besides that, uh, they had some losses in free agency. Starting running back, Kenyon Drake went to Las Vegas for two years, $11 million. Possible future Hall of Famer, Patrick Peterson, went to Minnesota for one year, $8 million. Outside linebacker, Hassan Reddick to Carolina for one year, $8 million. And tight end, Dan Arnold to Carolina for two years, $6 million. Hassan Reddick, I think they're going to miss. Patrick Peterson isn't great anymore but he's still Patrick Peterson and Kenyon Drake is up and down. So I, I don't think they're losing much here. I think their additions outweigh their subtractions by a lot. Do you agree with that? I agree that the additions outweigh the subtractions. I don't know if I'd say by a lot. Did you know that TJ Ward was on this team? What? Like on, when? on the roster? I don't know, but he Did, didn't he retire four years ago. He just retired this year. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought he was gone for a while. Yeah, he just retired this year, but he was on the roster. I don't know if he actually was on the roster last year, but in the spring, he re retired as a Cardinal. Um, but that was an aside. Uh, I think there are some big losses. Like you said, Reddick, uh, Kenyon Drake, who I'm not really a big fan of, but he was very productive for them last year. I know you love Kenyon Drake. Um, and and their secondary, like, like Patrick Peterson and Drake Kirkpatrick. Those are big losses. I think you you rate these guys higher than I do, clearly, which is interesting. Uh, for, talking about money, they have $9.2 million to spend in cap space, the 16th most. This team, I found, was an interesting one to rate because I, I wasn't sure which area of the team was strong and weak, and I thought it, some places could go to strong or weak depending on the week. It was really – I think this is the weirdest team in the division. And maybe in the league. So what was your strongest unit? I, I don't think we're going to have the same thing here. Uh, the pass rush I, I have as my strongest unit for this team. J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, who's a beast, uh, and Marcus Golden. I think they're going to really put a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. And it's going to be probably the best uh, um, pass rush that, the, that this team has seen in a, in a while. And... Um, I think J.J. Watt is a beast and a future Hall of Famer, so that's who I had. I had that. I had the defensive line as my runner-up. I think Chandler Jones, to me, is the most underrated player in the league. He always has like 16 sacks, and no one talks about him for some reason. J.J. Watt, great when healthy. 
Jordan Phillips really strong against the run. I've never been the biggest Marcus Golden fan, but he always puts up stats, which is so weird to me that I just, maybe it's the Arizona thing where we just don't watch these games that much. But my strongest unit was the wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, top three receiver. Christian Kirk is a great number three. If A.J. Green can be 75% of what he was, that's an amazing unit. And then Rondale Moore can give them something totally different as the number three in the slot, deep threat. So I really like this unit for the team. What was your runner-up? I had the same thing as you, but they were my runner-up. So receivers were my runner-up. Um, so same thing you said about Hop. I think he, I still think he's the best receiver in the league. Um, A.J. Green was on his way to a Hall of Fame career until like year six of his career, and he's never been the same. I like Andy Isabella. Christian Kirk is fantastic. Um, and I miss Larry Fitzgerald. Like he's, I don't think he knows what he's doing. He's just kind of chilling right now. I don't, I don't know if he wants to get back into football, but that's a pretty good receiving core. And um, I'm excited to see what they can do. Andy Isabella has been underwhelming, but he has my favorite combine memory in the history of the world. He ran, I think it was a 4-3-1 at the combine. And as he's running it, Deion Sanders is interviewing guys. And then he said, oh, that guy's running fast. Oh, he can run, run. And then he walked over and was like, this white guy just ran really fast. This is insane. And it blew Dion's mind, and it was amazing to see. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. Go, Andy Isabella. Breaking racial stereotypes. Good times. So we agree, different order. What do you have as the weakest unit now? Well, I think I gave a little hint before, but it's going to be my the corners, the cornerbacks. Uh, we agree, we Malcolm, agree 100%. <laughs> Malcolm Butler aside. <laughs> I mean, even with Malcolm Butler, I don't think this is a particularly strong unit, but he's not even there. Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, Darquise Dennard, who is never good at all. Um, yeah, this team will not be good. Uh, for whatever reason, sorry, I shouldn't say for whatever reason. Last year with Drake Kirkpatrick and, and Patrick Peterson, they were 10th in uh, passing yards per game uh, defensively. So I think they're going to feel that, that loss quite a lot. I have corners as well. And you know what's ridiculous? On ESPN's depth chart, they still have Malcolm Butler listed as on there. So I'm not taking responsibility for my lack of knowledge. It's totally on ESPN right now. I know everything. <laughs> yeah, this corner situation is bad with Malcolm Butler. It's even worse now, which is impressive. Uh, is Byron Murphy a number one corner to anybody? I loved him in the draft. Like, coming into the draft, and he has not been good. Yeah, exactly. He was... <laughs> I thought he was going to go early first round. He went the, the, the second pick of the first, second round. Been so overrated and not very good. Do you know who Tay Gowan is? I've never heard that name in my life, so no. He, he is the starter opposite Byron Murphy right now. Oh, okay. bad. That's not a good thing. I looked through this entire roster. I do not remember seeing that name ever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we agree, weakest units cornerback. Uh, the runner-up, there were a lot of options to me. I chose tight end. I chose tight end, too. <laughs> Could have went a bunch of different directions here. And I was yeah. like, I guess. Uh, Max Williams is below is a below-average starter. And he and spelled his, back- his name with two X's. I got, he lost marks for that. If he's not making porn, I don't know what he's doing with his life. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And Durrell Daniels. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I, I just I'm not interested in any of these players. You know what he looks like? No idea. I genuinely yeah. have never seen a picture of him in my life. Me neither. And I watched a lot of Arizona games last year, like a genuine amount of Arizona games. I didn't remember him at his name at all. I remember Max Williams. I heard of Max Williams, but Daryl Daniels, big shrug. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so I think this team is not great. I thought coming into it it would be a stronger team. Me too. I really like Kyler. I loved Kyler in the draft. I think I had him as offensive player of the year last year before the season started. That did not turn out great for me. (laughs) (laughs) I had this division. I said it like maybe a week or two ago that every team in this division can make the playoffs because every team in this division is good. I recant that statement hard. So I think this team can be good though. Like, if Kyler is what I thought he was gonna be, this team could this team could do make some moves. 
but Kyler needs to take a, a gigantic step forward. He's not consistent week to week. They have a good D-line, strong linebackers, one great safety. Offensive line is bad. Below average running backs. Uh, Chase Edmonds, anyone that keeps him in fantasy is stupid. Just totally against that. He is a great change of pace back. I fully stand by keeping him uh, in the 10th round when he's his ADP right now is like, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the sixth. Sure. Which I think is way too high for him. <laughs> this team, I think, comes down to Kyler. If Kyler is a top seven quarterback, this team go to the playoffs. I'm not sure he's going to be a top seven quarterback. So I have this team going eight and nine this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah not nope. not too sold on this team. What do you have for their record prediction? I have, I have them going nine and eight, which is basically what they did last year. There's no more 500 because it's 17 games. Uh, just about Kyler. So not even about Kyler, but about Arizona as a team. They were middle of the pack passing yards per game, but they were seventh in rushing yards per game last year. So it seems like their offense was very run heavy. You know, Kyler is to uh, take credit for a lot of that too. But Kenyon Drake did very well. And uh, Chase Edmonds uh, did well catching passes as well. Um, but Kenyon Drake's gone now. So I don't know what this offense is going to look like. Despite having A.J. Green, I, I don't know how this rushing attack is going to look. It might be bad. I think it's going to be bad. I think Kyler's going to have a lot of rushing and then no one else. I'm not looking forward to this at all. Just no one so- else, right, Coop? No one else. No one else. I think Chase Edmonds might retire and join Malcolm <laughs> Butler on a beach. Uh, I, I had him on my fantasy team last year, and Kenyon Drake missed like maybe two or three games. Chase Edmonds was the worst running back in football when that happened. It's not a good sign for this team. It's not good. They went all in on Chase Edmonds. <laughs> he was really bad. Okay, Webb, it's time. It is time for the Los Angeles Rams. Your Los Angeles Rams. In 2020, they went 10 and 6. And I think the story of their offseason was giving away a first-round pick to get Jared Goff the hell out of there and then pay a first-round pick to bring Matthew Stafford back to compete for a Super Bowl. Do you agree with that? 100% agree. And it was a great, great decision by the Rams to get Goff the hell out of there. I think it was. I think Matthew Stafford is a very good quarterback. I have always had him as a top-12 guy. You used to argue with me nonstop about how bad Matthew Stafford was. And I noticed here because of your homerism that has changed almost immediately, which I appreciate most about you again. Yeah, it was pretty immediate. No, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so for all the listeners like Coop has been saying, Matt Stafford um, was a top 12 quarterback. And I think I was saying, nah, he's like middle of the pack or like, like at best middle of the pack. I've changed my tune. I think at his best, he probably is around number 12. Is that what he's going to bring this season? We'll see. But I've softened my stance on him. He's a great person. Yeah, of course you have softened your stance. I'm shocked by that personally because you're usually so steadfast in your beliefs. Uh, their head coach is Sean McVay, one of Matt Stafford's best friends for some reason. Their offensive coordinator is formal, former Devil and New, and New England Patriot Kevin O'Connell quarterback. And the defensive coordinator is Raheem Morris. I like this coaching staff. They have Sean McVay, who's an offensive genius apparently, allegedly. Defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, who was a head coach like 15 years ago at like 32, which people forget about because he's still a regular defensive coach. And then Kevin O'Connell uh, probably learned to cheat from the Patriots a lot, so he's going to help out there too. So uh, a lot of good stuff there. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I mean, Stafford and, and McVay are like the same age, so we'll see how he how he takes orders from someone who's basically a peer. Um, but I like it. Let's move to something I did not like, their draft. They had very few picks. In round two, they took a five foot eight wide receiver who weighs 155 pounds and 2'2 Atwell from Louisville. And in round three, they took Ernest Jones, a linebacker from South Carolina. If there were some things this team didn't need, it was a five foot eight wide receiver who weighs 155 pounds and is basically just a punt returner. And this team has other needs. They don't have first round picks ever, but they chose to do this. Was this a good idea for your team? It was an absolutely horrible idea. It reminded me of Tavon Austin. It was bad. But back then, the Tavon Austin pick wasn't as bad as this is now. Because it just made no sense. And it didn't address an area of need for the Rams. Um, I didn't hate their draft. 
because I liked Ernest Jones. I liked the Bobby Brown pick. And I like Jake Funk late in the, uh, I think it was in the sixth. Jake Funk is a running back, yes? Correct. Not going to make it. I'm moving on. Okay. Good thing they made some great signings in free agency, though. They made some big moves. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. All they did was sign wide receiver Deshaun Jackson from Philly for one year, $4.5 million. So they drafted Tutu Atwell, a five foot eight wide receiver who's running really fast. And then they signed Deshaun Jackson, a five foot nine receiver who's also really fast. Is he really I- fast? Or he was really fast in 2009. That is probably more accurate, yes. <laughs> I honestly thought he was out of the league, too. Like, he doesn't play anymore. He plays, like, four games a year. He doesn't play anymore. Uh, and no, ever, it's, yeah. it's bad. It's really bad, Web. That was a, and that was the big news when they signed him. Like, they promoted that. Like, we've signed Deshaun Jackson. I was like, so what? Like, it, it means nothing. It meant I nothing. I thought they signed him as a receiver coach at first and was shocked he was <laughs> on the roster. So that's interesting. Yeah. Ever since Deshaun left Philly the first time, he's been bad. It's true. He's good for one highlight a year, though. Yeah. He has maybe the best play I've ever seen in my life, that punt return in Philly against the Giants. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, he's been living off that for 10 years. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was. So, Web, your team has no money, so a bunch of guys walked out the door. Some big names. Strong safety, John Johnson to Cleveland for three years, $33.5 million. Outside linebacker, Samson Abukam to San Fran for two years, $12 million. Cornerback, Troy Hill to Cleveland for two years, $9 million. A guy I know you really liked in defensive end, Morgan Fox to Carolina for two years, $8.1 million. Tight end, Gerald Everett to Seattle for one year, $6 million. Number three receiver, Josh Reynolds to Tennessee for one year, $1.75 million. And starting running back at times, Malcolm Brown to Miami for one year, $1.75 million. But these are a lot of losses. A lot of key players on your team. A lot of depth. Uh, is your team destined for failure because all these guys left? No. I mean, those are a hell of a lot of losses. I can't think of another team that lost as much as the Rams did, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. No, it was bad. The silver lining is that they got rid of Goff, so he should be thrown in there too. Um, I mean, they did, they did make some big signings and drafts. Oh, no, they draft, they only drafted and signed short receivers that are fast. They didn't fix it. That's right. Sorry. My mistake. Continue, please. <laughs> you forgot to mention that they got Sony Michelle who I didn't really care about getting, but now um, I'm a little happier that at least the Rams have someone in the backfield. Not a big signing. I said it was inconsequential. It, it pretty much is, but you got to give me something here. Um, they traded They traded for Sony Michelle for a fifth and sixth round pick that could become a fourth round pick. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Very bad. Um, and Matt Stafford, I thought that was a big, that was the biggest quarterback news in terms of, you know, uh, someone already in the league going to another team. Um, who actually Disagree. That team. Disagree. That was the biggest news about a quarterback going to a different team. Something is much bigger in my mind about a quarterback. No, 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 a no, terrible no. Who quarterback. Actually went, who actually went to another team. Carson Wentz went to another team. And Carson oh. Wentz is the worst. <laughs> All right. Much bigger uh, news. Sure. Dominated right. my life. <laughs> Tormenting me. But, no, this was bad. Like, the Rams had to play, had to pay Jalen Ramsey, uh, which I understand. But Michael Michael Brockers, like Troy Hill, John Johnson, like Samson and Bukum, who I do like, Morgan Fox, who I like. Yeah, head scratching. Bad. And they did that because they have no cast base. They have four point five million, the twenty fifth most. So they were kind of in cap hell. They couldn't sign these guys back. But this team does have some strengths, still, Webb. They're not they're not all failures here. Their strongest unit. To me, it's the defensive line just because of Aaron Donald, who is the best player in the league. Ashawn Robinson is solid. Leonard Floyd played pretty well last year beside Aaron Donald. But Aaron Donald makes this your strongest unit. Do you agree with that? I don't disagree, but I had a candidate, uh, an area that I thought was stronger than the pass rush just because of what the Rams lost. But Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in football, so he can definitely bolster any area. Um, I have the offensive line as my strongest unit. Um, I know there's been a lot of turnover, but I think it's solid. Andrew Whitworth, Rob Havenstein, solid, like more than solid, elite uh, tackles. Although Andrew Whitworth might be touching 40, uh, 
if he can stay healthy, he's one of the best left tackles in the game. Um, has been for a while. I I think it's a great offensive line. Um, Brian Allen at center, uh, Austin Corbett. These guys are really good, and and Dave Edwards has been solid as a guard. So I think this is the best offensive line that Matt Stafford is ever going to play with and has ever played with. And um, the Rams didn't lose as much in the in the O line as they did in the on the defensive line. But I don't disagree with you. I had them as a as a runner up. Okay, interesting, interesting choice for you. My runner up was the wide receivers. Uh, Cooper Cup, I love. Robert Woods is excellent. They have Deshaun Jackson now, who's obviously great, and Tutu Atwell to dominate. Van Jefferson, I thought, played pretty well as a rookie last year in limited time when he was healthy. I think that's a nice group. So I have my strongest as defensive line, runner-up receiver. You had offensive line as number one and defensive line as as runner-up. Is that correct? Okay. Yep. Who was your weakest unit? Uh, I had the... Well, I was kind of torn. I think my weakest unit is going to be the run, the, the running back. Sorry, the linebackers. I have another candidate, um, but the linebackers. I think the Rams lost a lot. Um, Kenny Young and Troy Reader, uh, Ernest Jones. Like I'm, and these guys are kind of unproven to me. They're very young, and I just think that this is a pretty weak linebacking core right here. I also had the linebackers as the weakest unit on this team, like the exact reason you said. Uh, Kenny Young was a high draft pick that didn't work out for another team. Now he's in the Rams. Like, I just have very little faith. But I think this team's plan is to rely on the corners and Jalen Ramsey in the defensive line and kind of hope the linebackers don't do anything all season. That's got to be their plan because otherwise it makes no sense. But yeah, it's not good. What was your runner-up? Uh, safety. It's because the Rams, they've had John Johnson for for years, and like he was a staple there, and now he's gone. Um. They drafted Taylor Rapp, what was it, uh, two years ago. I don't know if he's been that good. The Rams brought in Eric Weddle a couple years ago. Like, they've had some turnover in that position, and I don't think they've nailed it yet. With John Johnson gone, I think that's a huge loss. Um, Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller, um, Terrell Burgess, I think they drafted last year. I think he got hurt. Um, I'm just not sold on this unit. So, you know, there's nothing I like doing more than disagreeing with you. So, my runner up is the offensive line. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so Andrew Whitworth is great, but he's 40. He's actually 40 years old. And I don't know how long he can keep this up. And when you get, when you're 40, an injury could take you out. Rob Havenstein is a great run blocker. He's kind of mediocre to me in pass protection. And I don't really like your guards and centers. Like Austin Corbett was a cold for a while. And he underwhelmed me consistently. I guess you have more faith in them than I do. I just think that this line is not ideal for Matt Stafford. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not usually, but we'll see. You're 100% wrong. You're going to see it. I want to hear from you first. How does this team do in 2021? Give me your reasoning here. So I have the Rams winning 11 games, going 11 and 6. I think they lost quite a bit on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they They lost Malcolm Brown. They lost two running backs, really, with Cam Akers going down to that injury. Um, and they were a top 10 uh, running team last year, rushing the football. Top 10. But they're 13th in passing. They're 22nd in points per game. This team with Matt Stafford, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and even Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson, as you mentioned, uh, they're going to put up points on the offensive side of the ball. <clears throat> I'm excited to see what they'll do on offense. Uh, this team will not be the number one ranked defensive team in the league. Again, I just can't see how that will happen. It'll take a miracle, honestly. Um, they lost a lot of guys. We've talked about it already. So I think that in games <clears throat> in games last year where they couldn't score, where the Rams could not score, I think that's not going to be a problem this year. I think there's going to be some shootouts. The Rams are going to put up some games in the, in the 40s sometimes, I think. Um, but it's on the defensive side of the ball that I'm a little concerned in the middle of the field, particularly. Um, but Jalen Ramsey is, what can I say about him? It's, it's, it's Jalen Island right now. You're going to need, need him to step up for sure. He, he's one of the, he's probably the best corner in football and he needs to play like it all season. Cause to me, this team is a mile wide, but an inch thick. This, this team is shocking how bad depth wise it is. There's no depth here. If any of Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, or Matthew Stafford get hurt, 
this season could be over. And football's not a great sport to rely on three guys because there's injuries all the time. I still like this team, though. I think that McVay is a genuinely good coach. I think Matt Stafford is a top 12 quarterback. I think Aaron Donald is better at his position uh, in terms, in relation to the closest player next to him than anybody else in football. He's clearing away the best player in football. So I have this team going 10 and seven, despite the, the worry I have for how this team could end up 10 and seven for me. I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, 10 and seven is not a great record. It's really not. Um, and in my opinion, you're on the bubble, right? To make the playoffs, even with the three wildcard teams, it doesn't guarantee anything. Um, I see what you're saying. This team is not the same team, man. They were first last year in passing yards and total uh, yards per game defensively and points per game. That's not happening this year. And I think that was the reason why they won the 10 games they did last year. Sure. Okay, San Francisco 49ers time. In 2020, they went 6-10, and 10, and that wasn't good enough for them. So the story of their offseason was trading up to get the third pick in the draft, giving up three first-round picks. To get the quarterback of their future and still keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. Crazy move. Do you think that was the story of their offseason? Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. Okay, their head coach is still Kyle Shanahan. Offensive coordinator is now Mike McDaniel. And their defensive coordinator is now D'Amico Ryans, former player who I really like as a coach. Great staff. I think Kyle Shanahan is the best offensive mind in the league. Best creative play caller. I'm a big fan of the staff. Do you like it? I think it says something that when uh, Robert Sala leaves, we still think that this is a a good coaching staff. So I agree with you that it's a good coaching staff. Um, and this tree um, that has come come from John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan is uh, is very impressive. So I agree with you. It's a good coaching staff. It's taken over the league, that tree. Everyone now is a Kyle Shanahan disciple, basically including your coach, the fraud, Sean McVay. Uh, in the draft, <laughs> they had the 12th pick. They traded up to get the third pick. It took Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. In round two, they took Aaron Banks, a guard from Notre Dame. In round three, a running back named Trey Sermon from Ohio State. And in round three, also a cornerback named Avery Thomas from Michigan. Do you, do you like this draft? And basically, that means, do you like Trey Lance? Yeah, I, I like this draft because I think they sort of cast a wide net and they addressed the areas of need. They needed a quarterback. They needed some depth in the offensive line um, and they needed help in the secondary. And I think they addressed all of that. They didn't need 14 running backs to add to the roster, but they got one in round three. That's fine. They had two uh, picks in, in, in the third round. So that's okay. So I really like Trey Lance. Uh, reports from camp have been... He's looked great in some points and then really bad in others. Jimmy Garoppolo is likely to be the starter this season. Start. Aaron Banks was a guard I didn't like so much and I don't think was a great fit for the Shanahan scheme, but he knows better than I do. Trey Sermon was interesting. He didn't play much last season, but then became the guy at the end. So I think it's an interesting draft class. Could be really high, high end or it could be terrible. And we'll know. I think pretty soon. But the thing with Trey Lance is that he was still seen as a project by many analysts. Um, he was, I think he was the most polarizing QB in this draft. Maybe Mac him Jones. and Mac Jones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mac Jones. Yeah. 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 You're right. Him and Mac Jones. Some people didn't see Mac Jones going in the first round or sh- not deserving of it, at least. Um, but Trey Lance, some people saw him as a project. Other people saw him as the next best thing in football. Um, he didn't play that much in college. And they were very conservative with him, even when he did play. So I don't think we'll see full-on Trey Lance, like his full potential this year. He'll make mistakes. I think I said before the draft that Trey Lance had the highest upside of any player in this draft. Just based on his physical skills, he can do things that no one since Cam Newton could do, maybe. Just being that big and that physical and able to run like that and have the gigantic arm. But I'm not sure how effective he'll be this season as a quarterback. But we'll see. If he plays, I don't know. His team made some moves in free agency, Webb. Some big signings, some big releases. For signings, they, they re-signed their left tackle, Trent Williams, for six years, $138 million. They got Kyle, they reunited Kyle Shanahan with the center from Atlanta, Alex Mack, for, th- for three years, $14.8 million. They stole outside linebacker from your Rams, Samson Ubuckham, from for two years, $12 million. They signed defensive tackle 
DJ Jones for one year, 3.5 million. And they signed, they re-signed cornerback Kawan Williams for one year, 2.3 million. So I think this, this free agent class comes down to Trent Williams, who is the best run blocking left tackle in football. And you could argue he's the best left tackle in football. I think it's him and Bakhtiari basically. And Bakhtiari's hurt now for the first six weeks. So it's probably him. So I like what they did. They protected their future. Left tackle is the most important position in football base behind cornerback. So I like what they did. What do you think? I thought it was great. <clears throat> Sorry. The Trent Williams signing or re-signing and Alex Mack signing were, I think, two of the most underrated um, signings this season. I also like them re-signing Jason Verrett. I've been a fan of his for the last couple of years in the, in the secondary. I think he's been very good. And uh, they also signed a new tight end or new converted tight end, Jordan Matthews, who, uh, who they'll have for depth in case anything happens to George Kittle again. He's a tight end now? Yeah, he, yeah, they converted him this summer. That is wild. Yeah. Wasn't he like a first-round pick for Philly like recently? I don't remember if he was that high. You could be right. I remember him on Buffalo and, and Philly. I don't remember where, like how high he was, but he was high enough. Like, Wow. Okay. In free agency, they lost some guys. Receiver Kendrick Bourne to New England for three years, 15 million. Defensive end Kerry Hyder to Seattle for three years, 6.8 million. Quarterback CJ Beathard to Jacksonville for two years, 5 million. Cornerback Akela Witherspoon to Seattle for one year, 4 million. Former number three overall pick Solomon Thomas to Las Vegas for one year, 3.25 million. Receiver Marquise Goodwin to Chicago for one year, 1.2 million. And running back Tevin Coleman to the Jets for one year, 1.1 million. So some pretty, some good depth players. There are no real superstars. But I think they lost some depth that I, that could come in handy for them later on. What did you think? Uh, just a side note, Jordan Matthews was drafted in the second round, um, obviously as wide receiver. I don't think the losses were that bad for um, for the 49ers. I really like C.J. Beathard as a backup. Um, Tevin Coleman barely played for them. He was always hurt. And the 49ers have like 14 running backs, as I said before. I think they're fine. I don't think they lost much. I agree. I agree. They have $5.8 million in cap space, the 22nd most in the league. But I have a question for you before we get to strongest unit. How many games does Jimmy Garoppolo start for this team this season? Well, it's funny that you asked that because I was going to address that when you said that Trey probably doesn't play this season. I think he definitely plays this season because Jimmy G is going to blow it at some point and the fans are going to be clamoring for, for Trey Lance if they're not already. I think they are. Um so I think to answer your question, Jimmy G plays, he plays games in the double digits. Mm, 10, 11, say 11. I think Jimmy G is the starter for 13 games and he misses three because of injury. That's my prediction for how this team looks this season. All right. What is your strongest unit for the San Francisco 49ers? I think this is the easiest one. Uh, in my opinion, the D line, um, probably one of the most fearsome. Uh, Lions, this team in general, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, D. Ford, Javon King, Kinlaw, Eric Armstead. Scary, man. Nick Bosa missed last season, so I think that sort of turned the tide uh, in this division. What do you have? Defensive line as well, for the exact same reason you said. Eric Armstead, I think, is really good. D. Ford's a backup now. Javon Kinlaw was a first-round pick I really liked last year. I thought he was going to be great. He had a not a very good year last year, but year two, I think he'll pick it up. And then Nick Bosa. This comes down to Nick Bosa. If he's the same Nick Bosa he was as a rookie, he was like the third best pass rusher in the league, maybe. Like he was that high as a rookie. So I think his potential is unlimited, basically, which is crazy. So I agree. What was your runner up? The other side of the ball, the offensive line. It's one of the best lines in football. Uh, we already touched on Trent Williams. We've given him his praises. Uh, but also, Lincoln Tomlinson is great on the interior. Alex Mack, who I think he's like in his mid-30s now. But he's been solid. Like, he was really good. 36. His entire career. 36. Okay. And uh, Mike McGlinchey, right tackle, who's probably top top 12. Um, it's a great line. Great line. Great line. Like, I, I think it's great. And I think it's probably one of the best uh, at, at run blocking. Um, and we'll see if it's as good at pass protection. Jimmy G can't throw, so um, 
may not be able to really see how it performs. So I have the offensive line as my runner up as well. The exact same reason you did. Uh, Alex Mack, I thought underwhelmed in Atlanta after Kyle Shanahan left, but he's the exact center Kyle Shanahan wants for his system. So he's the perfect here. They have Aaron Banks, the rookie second round pick starting at right guard. But our reports are that he looks good at camp. So I think this group is going to be a monster. I think they will average the most rushing yards in football probably this season based on just everything, all the players combined, because everyone runs for like 15 yards a clip. Like that's what they do. They just have wide open lanes for some reason because Kyle Shanahan is smarter than everybody else. So I think I think you're right. hundred uh, percent. My weakest unit was cornerback. Uh, Jason Verrett is never healthy. Like he was last season, but before that, was did he ever play four games this season? Did he ever do that? I'm gonna look it up. I'm pretty sure he did. I hate pretty, you. For pretty that. sure is not 100. percent You're right. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, I'll keep talking. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley is meh. The depth isn't good either. It's just like Ambry Thomas, the guy. Yeah, like Kawan Williams. I just don't have much faith in this in this team at all. Cornerback like, wise, they need some thing is that they they might be okay because the defensive line and linebackers are good, but it's really tough for the cornerbacks. Two things. You're right about Jason Verrett in terms of him being absent. He's only played more than six games twice in his career. He's been in the league for six seasons. This is his seventh season upcoming. He played two games in tw- in 2017 and 2019 combined. He did not play in 2018, uh, but he played 13 games last year. So maybe he's just over that injury bug. It's pretty bad, yeah. though. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that you just get over that stuff and you're good <laughs> now forever. I think that's... Not the cold? I think that's, I think that's bad. I, yeah, I, think it's, I don't think it's worth it that. But we'll see. Yeah, he, I don't know. 2016 to 2019, four seasons. He played six games. Combined. Yeah, so I me saying four games a season was really overselling him, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a guy you're relying on, so that makes sense. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think he's really good, man, when he plays. And I think he's done with the injuries. He just said, nope. <laughs> he just said, nope. Yeah. I should have thought of that. I should have thought of that. He was a first-round pick. I remember he was really good in college. And then, yeah. What was your weakest unit for this team? So it was not cornerback. Uh, my weakest unit was actually the running backs and the individual running backs. So I think as a unit, this team is going to put up a lot of rushing yards. But none of these guys are bell cows. None of these guys are three down backs. You can't de- depend. Maybe Mostert. Because Mostert is a speedster and he puts up numbers. Maybe he could be a three down back on a bad team. But none of these guys, man. Like. They just have great offensive minds and they have great run protection, run blocking, sorry. And they look really good as a unit, but it, 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 it's kind of misleading. I have that as my runner-up for the exact same reason you just said. Raheem Mostert can't stay healthy. He's basically Jason Verrett as a running back. Uh, Trey Sermon is a rookie. Like I'm just not sure how quick he will take off in the system. The Shanahan's so good. These guys will all have good seasons, but it's not because they are elite talents at running back. I think is the same point you just made. I agree a thousand percent. What was your runner up? I didn't really have one, to be honest. Like, I think this team has holes and areas, but like, I wanted to give it, um, I wanted to give it to the linebackers, but Fred Warner, man, like it's kind of hard to do that. Um, and other than that, like I wanted to give it to the quarterback because I don't like Jimmy G, but I think Trey Lance can be really special. And I don't think Jimmy G is like, awful i think having those two on your roster is pretty good so obviously it's not going to be tight end either um i just didn't know i didn't have a running out there very fair okay web question of the question of the podcast here what is the san francisco 49ers record in 2021 i have them going 12 and 5 12 and 5 coop for a few reasons i think last year was a blip i don't think they're as bad as 6 and 10 that was not really representative of the team. Uh, I always talk about Nick Bosa going down, but George Kittle was out uh, as well. Jimmy G, I don't think he's a good quarterback, but they didn't have consistency with him on the field. He was hurt um, as well. But this team last year, like, still was like basically a top five defensive team. 
they were fourth in passing yards per game. I know you trashed Jason Verrett, uh, and <laughs> and Richard Sherman's not there anymore. But I think this team can still do a lot. They were seventh in rushing yards per game. Um, and, and and I think they're really good when it comes to not allowing teams to get to, to move the chains a lot. Uh I think it's I think it's really good, man. I think this team can really do well. And I think they have we mentioned our our one and two areas of strength were the defensive line and the offensive line. That sounds like a Super Bowl contender to me, man. Like I don't know how many teams you could say that about. I agree a thousand percent. I thought we were going to have a huge disagreement here. I thought you were going to have them winning like seven games because of Jimmy G. Because I have the 2021 49ers going 13 and four. Wow. Damn it. Thought I was going to blow your mind with this. Yeah, I, I love this team, man. I love this makeup. I think George Kittle is the best all-around tight end in football. Taking nothing away from Travis Kelsey, he just doesn't block like Kittle does. I think Kyle Shanahan is the smartest offensive coach in football. Taking nothing away from Andy Reid, who's also a genius, but I just like what Shanahan does better. Their defense is solid and above solid. If Bosa is fully healthy, this can be a top five defense in the league. Robert Sala losing him will hurt, but I think D'Amico Ryans is more than qualified to step up into his place. I just think that this is an elite team in football, and Jimmy G is going to be an amazing quarterback this season for them. It's going to be really good. <laughs> I think you're going to be shocked. I I didn't even touch on the receivers. They were actually going to be um, my second runner-up. I didn't really have them, but Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Mohamed Sanu, I think that's a solid core. It's not as good as Cincinnati. Um, it's not as good as Tennessee, but this is this is a good core like to surround this man, Jimmy G, with. So I'm going to give you a stat really quick. Kyle Shanahan likes players that gain yards after the catch. Yak. That is his thing he looks for most in receivers. Coming out, Debo Samuel had the most of those in his college year. And the only player more than that was Brandon Ayuk the season after. So you got two guys in college that are amazing at the thing he likes most. So he drafts guys that do the thing he likes best. He's excellent at finding that talent. I think this team's going to be excellent, man. I'm really looking forward to the season for that. It'll be fun. That's I good, really, man. I, like, I thought you were going to be down, man. I thought you'd be down on them. I really did. I, 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 even if I wanted to be as a Rams fan, there's not much that the Rams really are better in. The Rams have a better corner and the Rams have a, a, a better defensive player than the San Francisco 49ers, but as like total units, they kill the Rams. So I couldn't really justify them having a worse record than, than, than LA. I agree. Okay. The Seattle Seahawks are up next. They won the division last year at 12 and four. I think the story of their offseason was calm Russell Wilson down. So he doesn't have to be traded. And try not to rock the boat. I think that's what they mostly did. Because it came out Russell Wilson wanted to trade. His agent released a list of teams he wanted to go to. And then like two weeks later, Russell Wilson denied that any of that happened. Which I thought was just chef's kiss perfect. What did you have before? Yeah, I think I had the same thing. Um, How are they going to please Russell Wilson? Or how are they not going to piss this man off? I didn't, you and I didn't believe for a second he was going anywhere, and neither did the Seahawks, obviously. They called his bluff, and he immediately came out and cleared up the story. How could you ever respect him again? He came out and said, I want to be traded to one of these four teams, and they were just like, no, we're not doing that. And he's like, sorry, sir, never mind that. <laughs> just immediately. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Well done, Russell Wilson. Uh, their head coach is the same, Pete Carroll. They have a new offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron, and their defensive coordinator is still Ken Norton Jr. Pete Carroll is a Super Bowl winning coach. I think he's a really good coach still. He does weird things at times. He plays like it's 1986 still, but I think he's a good coach. Do you like the staff? I like the head coach. Going to miss Daryl Bevel. Um, But as much as you say he's a Super Bowl winning coach and he's a player's coach and he walks around his shirt off to to greet players for some reason, which is interesting. Um, I think, and I've said it before, the, the, the stain of that Super Bowl loss to New England has never left Pete Carroll or the Seattle Seahawks. I think that still is um, lingering in the locker room, and I, I don't think they've fully recovered from it. It broke up their team. 
Marshawn Lynch left, Richard Sherman left, like it broke, it killed the team. That was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life. You have Marshawn Lynch. His nickname is Beast Mode. You're on the two. Like, what are you doing? It was a terrible decision. In life, not even just football, not even just sports. 100%. In the draft, they had limited picks like they always do. So in round two, they took Dwayne Eskridge, a wide receiver from Western Michigan. In round four, they took Trey Brown, a cornerback from Oklahoma. And in round six, they took a tackle I like named Stone, Stone Forsyth from Florida. So I like these players. Dwayne Eskridge is kind of interesting at receiver. I thought Stone Forsyth was like a second round pick and he went in the sixth. So there's something I think medical that we didn't hear about. I thought it was a pretty good draft. What'd you think? Oh, it was a horrible draft. <laughs> you sound like me just throwing someone under the bus. <laughs> No, I, I don't appreciate I, it. <laughs> I honestly didn't like the draft. They had no pick in any of the odd-numbered rounds, one, three, five, and seven. And it's not like they hit these things out of the park. How did I not notice that until just now? Wow, that's crazy. That is a great that is a great thing to say right there. That's amazing. I have never seen that before. Were they just playing a game of odds and evens and they lost? Like, what happened? Maybe. I don't know. But I didn't think that receiver was what the – the Seahawks needed to do. I think they have other areas they need to address and they've needed to address for years, like the O-line, the secondary, uh, the, the, the guys on the edge. I just... Hey, Webb, maybe as a Rams fan, sit this one out about talking about drafting a receiver in round two, huh? <laughs> maybe just sit the sit one out. That's fair. <laughs> okay, so we, we disagree here. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, in free agency, they made some signings. They re-signed a lot of their own guys, which I always appreciate. Defensive end, Carlos Dunlap, re-signed two years, $13.6 million. Running back, Chris Carson, re-signed two years, $10.4 million. Defensive end, Benson Mayoa, re-signed for two years, $7.6 million. Then they signed defensive end, Kerry Hyder from San Fran for three years, $6.8 million. Tight end, Gerald Everett from your Rams for one, one year, $6 million. And cornerback, Akilah Witherspoon from San Fran for one year, $4 million. I like these moves. Uh, no superstars here, but I think solid depth which this team desperately needed. So I like that they did. I think we're going to disagree again, Coop. I didn't like what the Seahawks did in terms of bringing in new faces. I thought it was smart what they did, like you said, bringing back their guys. If Chris Carson left, I think they would have been in a huge mountain of trouble. Um, they needed to bring him back. Carlos Dunlap, they need him as well. Um, and Jared Everett is good, uh, good, good depth. But losing Quint... Oh, sorry. I wouldn't even get into it. I almost spoiled it. But I think they had, I think their losses will be felt more. That's possible for sure. I, I agree, though, that it was mostly depth guys. It wasn't any big, they didn't make any splashes really for big signings. So I agree with you there. In free agency, I think they lost both their starting corners. And Shaquille Griffin to Jacksonville for three years, 40 million. And like you just mentioned, Quentin Dunbar to Detroit for one year, 1.1 million. I was shocked he only got 1.1 million, by the way. We'll talk about that after, but. Uh, they lost tackle Jared Reed to Kansas City for one year, five and a half million. Their number three receiver, David Moore to Carolina for two years, 4.7 million. And Carlos Hyde, they're running back to Jacksonville for two years, 4.5 million. So I think some pretty huge losses there. Was there anyone I missed? You mentioned uh, Jake Hollister. Not a big name, but. I was going to include him and then I didn't for okay. reasons because he's not that good. Yeah. He just signed with uh, Vegas anyway. Um, but yeah, th those are big. Two starting corners. David Moore, good rapport with Russell Wilson. David Moore was good last season. He made some huge catches for touchdowns. Like he had, yeah. he was almost their big play guy, which is crazy because they had Lockett and Metcalf. But yeah, yeah, like 50 yards, it was going to David Moore all the time. And you always mention that Chris Carson's always banged up. So having Carlos Hyde, who's not like the healthiest guy, but having him in the backfield as a backup for a game or two think was very undervalued and they're gonna miss that i think they used a first round pick on rashad penny so if they miss carlos hyde they're even stupider than i thought when they had chris carson they still like chris carson was there and they used the first round pick on a backup running back you know how dumb that is it's two two atwell dumb Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just uh i i think those losses are really gonna be felt shaquille griffin is a really good corner quentin dunbar is a good player like these are some huge losses for this team, and I don't think they filled these holes. I agree. Okay, for cat space, they have 11.9 million, the 14th most. So if any corners get cut soon, they can they can go after them. Uh, the strongest unit for this team was kind of easy for me. I think it's their wide receivers. 
DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Is that the best one-two pairing in the league? Top like three? It's up there, I think. What do you have? Yeah, I think yeah. it's top. It's it, it's probably top three, top four. Yeah, I I had them as my runner-up. Okay. Uh, for, just for I me, don't disagree. I like Eskridge more than you do, obviously, which I have. I had it there. You like that pick, but I just think that Metcalf is the best physical receiver in football at this point. And Lockett kind of fits. They pair together really well. So I like what they're doing there. But I would definitely be open to hearing a different team, different unit. What did you have? So I had their strongest unit as quarterback, Russell Wilson. Maybe some people say that's a cop-out, but I think he is, him and Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, the most valuable quarterbacks to their team. Um, and and probably Deshaun, too. But well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, all MVPs. Oh, wait. No, one of them's not. Never mind. Continue. Wow. Low blow, man. Russell Wilson, I think, just does those three guys we mentioned. Him, Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers just do things that can't be captured on the stat sheet. Russell Wilson, for years, has been one of the least protected quarterbacks. Him and Phil Rivers. Uh, but obviously, Russell Wilson's way better than Phil Rivers, and Coop hates Phil Rivers. Um <laughs> But Russell Wilson does so much with so little. And I have the receivers as my number two because of that. I think I truly think he's uh, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen and uh, should have won rookie of the year in 2012. Anyway, uh, that's who I have uh, for my strongest unit. I agree. Robert Griffin III was a terrible choice for rookie of the year. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, My runner up was linebacker. Bobby Wagner is still Bobby Wagner. I think Jordan Brooks, Jordan Brooks has all the upside to be an elite linebacker. I just think like how you look at Russell Wilson is how I look at Bobby Wagner, just being one of the three or four best defensive players in football. He's amazing to watch. So that's where I have my, my runner up. And obviously Russell Wilson is a decent player, I guess. He's fine. Uh, clearly wasn't the rookie of the year, but that's fine. <laughs> I like Russell Wilson, man. I like Russell Wilson. What is the weakest unit on this team, though? I think we're going to agree here because it's just so obvious. Corners. Disagree. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, yeah. So I have corners as my weakest unit. So they had Quinton, sorry, they had Shaq Griffin and Quinton Dunbar, who we both agreed are respectable corners, good corners. At least Shaq Griffin, very good. Even still... The Seattle Seahawks surrendered the second worst or the second most passing yards per game on the defensive side of the ball. 285 yards per game with those two guys that we like. And they lost them. So this team will probably be the worst (laughs) at defending the pass. The most porous offense, sorry, most porous defense in the league. Uh, They also gave up uh, quite a bit, man. Like they're middle of the pack team when it comes to points per game. But like getting back to the corners, I mean, Akella Weatherspoon, I don't know, man. He had a, I think he's okay. I don't think he should be a starting corner. And DJ Reed, who I just found out what he looks like, uh, I think he's fine. <laughs> you think he's fine? You don't know what he looks like? We think he's fine? <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. I think he's fine. Obviously, he's, they were confident enough in these two to not sign anyone big. He's probably fine, but he's pro- he might be bad. So I'm not sold on these corners. I think it's bad. And I think it went from bad with good names on paper to bad with names you wouldn't recognize. They didn't even make my runner up. Uh, I think that just based on corners, I like Trey Flowers. I thought he was pretty good last year. They just traded for Sidney Jones from Philly, who I thought was a first round pick who got hurt, fell to round two. I like I Weatherfield, I think is pretty good. I think that's not a terrible three-man unit. But I could see, I, I didn't remember how bad they were last season. That is a fair point by you. They had two players last year. And we're still giving up the second most points in the air. Or yards in the air, sorry. That is a fair point by you. And I still have their weakest unit as offensive line. I think their offensive line is offensive. How bad it is. That's how bad their offensive line is. Uh, <laughs> it's a good joke. You're welcome. Uh, Dwayne Brown is 36. And I think overrated. They got Gabe Jackson because Russell Wilson was furious at how bad this offensive line was. When your quarterback comes out and says, I want to get traded because this offensive line is trying to kill me. 
And the best you can do is say, Hey, we got Gabe Jackson. Now that's not great. Uh, it's, it's very below average. Russell Wilson will be running for his life again. I just, I'm not a fan of this offensive line. They were my runner up. It's bad, but maybe I'm just so used to Russ having a bad offensive line that I was like, well, this seems normal. No, but honestly, like, Dwayne Brown, I like. They've had him for a few years now. He hasn't made much of a difference because Russ is still running for his life. Yeah, it's an, it's an issue. Uh, my runner-up was their pass rush. They're really relying on Carlos Dunlap in a huge way, and he wasn't great for them when he got there last season. LJ Collier was a first-round pick who no one thought was a first-round pick and has not played like a third-round pick. They signed Benson Maioa and Kerry Hyde as depth. I... Are you confident anyone on this team gets eight sacks besides Jamal Adams? There's no one on this team that's getting eight sacks individually. No way. Yeah, Jamal Adams says he wants to get 10 this season. So he might lead this team in sacks, which is insane. It's bad. Okay, Webb, what is the Seattle Seahawks record in 2021? So the, Sorry, the NFC West plays the AFC South and the NFC North. So I think you can get some good wins there, especially when you play the Colts. Um, I, <laughs> I Whoa, Seattle, whoa, whoa. I have taken no shot at the Rams today. How dare you, sir? That was unnecessary and uncalled for. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is always going to be an MVP candidate. I had the Seahawks winning 10 games. So they go 10 and 7. I would not be surprised if they go 9 and 8. 9 and 8 is exactly what I had them going as. I think I think this team used to be built on defense and it isn't anymore. The defense is bad. but And to get to bad... Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams have to be two of the best eight defensive players in football. That's to get them to bad. If they're not that anymore, it seems to be terrible on defense. The offensive line will struggle to open running lanes again. So it's just going to be Russ throwing the ball. I'm just, I just, this division has gotten better and Seattle has not gotten better. I think they've gotten worse. So I think nine and eight, and I would not be surprised if they went like seven and 10. Honestly, I can see that happening very easily. If Russ plays all 17 games, I just think he's so good that he's never had a losing season. So I think that's the only reason why I think they would not go below 500. Has he ever missed a game? I don't think he has. No, he's never missed a game. And he's never gone below 500. He's a very good player who has never won Rookie of the Year. Um, I think he's great, man. I love Russell Wilson. So to recap, in 2021, I have San Fran winning the division at 13-4. and I have the Rams in second at 10 and seven, Seattle in third at nine and eight, and Arizona at last at eight and nine. Respectable though. What did you have? Yeah, so uh, I had San Fran number one, 12 and five, the Rams number two in the division at 11 and six, the Seahawks number three in the division, 10 and seven, and Arizona um, last in the division at nine and eight. So the same order as me. That's, I, hate, I hate when we agree. It's not fun. Uh, before the show started, I told Webb, I think this is my boldest prediction yet. I'm pretty proud of this one. Trey Lance will lead this division in rushing touchdowns. A backup quarterback. That is very bold. Wow. I think it is. How many? Sorry. Sorry. how, How many does he get? Minimum eight. Minimum eight. I think... That you don't trade three first-round picks for a guy that can do what Trey Lance does and not have him do what he does. He is the best runner on their team right now, probably. And to not have him in red zone packages would be insane. And I think they're going to do that. I think he's going to have at least eight rushing touchdowns as a backup quarterback for the first-place team. Damn. All right. So for all those people who are drafting Trey Sermon in uh, fantasy drafts, Cooper saying you'll be disappointed this year. I think so. I think they will be. Would you have a bold prediction for this division? I think I do. You ready? Born ready. Kind of hinted at it, but maybe some people didn't really pick up on it. I think this is Pete Carroll's last year in Seattle. Wow. Okay, that is a that is a bold prediction. I did not think about that one. I am people. Wow. <laughs> that is bold. I tried to hint at it when I was saying the stain never went away. It, it lingered in the locker room and. We talked about the Russ pseudo trade request that fell flat on its face. And I have Seattle going third in this division. I think the grace period has run its course for uh, for Pete Carroll. It's been a while since they've won a, a Super Bowl. That's been almost 10 years, right? 
2013, I think they won. Yeah, it's been... Yes, eight years ago. Yeah, that's a long time. And they failed miserably in, you know, against the, the, the Pats. I think it's going to be between Russ or Pete Carroll. And I think there's a chance that that he's gone, man. I think it, I, I don't think they're going to fire him necessarily. I think he walks away. But I think he's done in Seattle. They missed the I playoffs. Think, I think he is the oldest head coach in football right now, by the way. Older than Belichick? I think he's older than Belichick. Damn. Yes. I like think 90. I think he's in his 70s. Okay. But yeah, that is shocking. Because I did, I did not expect that at all. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's not Trey. It's not Trey Lance having eight touchdowns, but it's pretty good. <laughs> but it's also not like so bold that it sounds crazy unrealistic. It's believable. After you said it, and I, after we broke it down, it's like, yeah, that's definitely possible. That is 100% possible. That's a good, that's a good one. That's right. Okay. Uh, we'll be back breaking down. We're going to do our fantasy preview show, right, Webb? Oh, yeah. I'm apparently in a fantasy league this year, so. Not apparently. You were in a fantasy league this year. <laughs> the keepers are in. It's ready to go. We're, 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 we're moving, baby. We're moving. And I have complete confidence in my keepers, just for the listeners. Um, you should not. Okay, everybody. We'll be back. <laughs> early next week breaking down uh everything you need to do for fantasy to help you win their league this year i am notoriously amazing at fantasy football it's gonna be the first line of my obituary web is mediocre at best but he'll be along for the ride i guess so look forward to that i had a bad year in fantasy last year so hoping to redeem myself and um fantasy football is it's the devil's game, as we always say. It is. Are you in just one league, or do you join another one as well? No, just one, just one. I can't do. Okay. I can't do more than one. That will, that just ruins Sundays. It really will. Okay, everybody, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Evan, for listening. Have a great night. We out.